Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement. People who are committed to and who showcase planetary leadership. My name is Julian Guderlei, and today I have my friend Kevin Oroz on. Kevin is the creator of the Revolution podcast. Kevin, what's up? Mm, Julian, it's good to be back, brother. Feeling good, feeling charged. Yeah, those are some, some crazy times and I'm glad to have you back on. Let's, let's talk about what's up. It's April 8th or 9th today, something like that. And well, depending on where you are, because you're, you're already in the future, you're in, in Bali. Yeah. Let's start with the beginning. Like you're in lockdown in Bali. How's that? Yeah, I mean, lockdown, it's, it's a pretty intense word. It's just, uh, it's a little more tranquilo here, you know? more dogs sleeping in the street, less <laughs> bikes, less cars. And, you know, what's really beautiful is the Balinese New Year was a few weeks ago, Nepi, which traditionally everyone can't leave home anyway. And there's no uh, electricity or no Wi-Fi and, and cell service. Everybody goes into fasting, prayer, meditation for the New Year. And so they just kind of extended Nepi here for three days instead of one as part of the quarantine. And yeah, I'm, I feel so blessed to be here in Ubud and Mama Bali. And yeah, this is why I chose this lifestyle of, of being a, a nomad or a yes man. I love it. A yes man to what opportunities life gives you. That's awesome, man. I think you're experiencing a very different, different world than a lot of people in North America and Europe. I'm in San Francisco, so, um, you know, don't feel like I get stuck here. I feel like it's a good place to observe a bit of the craziness. Um, but, but really, I think we're so blessed, like most people are like experiencing this Corona, uh, you know, pandemic behind their cell phones, sending around memes or funny videos. So in the history of humanity, having to fight with a bug, I think we're like on the blessed end of the spectrum, you know? Totally. I mean, you can imagine the bubonic plague or the Spanish flu, which took out like 13 million people. The bubonic plague took out a third of Europe at the time. I mean, it's... Yeah, as, as far as pandemics, we're definitely on the, on the gentle side of the spectrum. However, we're on the heavy-handed side of the fear media matrix spectrum. So that's why it may seem like we're not doing so massive. good. Yeah, massive. And that's what I want to chat with you about because, you know, I think this is the clear calling why we're both, you know, sharing our podcast, The Revolution or the Green Planet, Blue Planet, because... It's, it's about spreading a complete different angle of media, a different angle of conscious storytelling and, and connecting with people about the real stories of, well, evolutionary reaction to life. And, and so right now, I feel like people are glued to those updates, those news, those media kind of oxytocin shots, you know? If it's about 5G and conspiracies, or if it's the deep down the rabbit hole about what's brewing in China, or um, you know, what, what, it, what Project Q is doing or, or God knows what. And I think for me on this side of, of, of the microphone, I, I feel like it's more vital than ever to connect with breath, to connect deep down into the earth every day. I want to hear your point of view on all this because I know that, you know, you're observing it with a very aware and critical eye. Yeah, and you know, I, I've, done, I've been through the whole spectrum of emotion. I arrived in Bali after traveling for six months, ready to root here, and immediately like got in before the lockdown, before the airport closed, and then did what any sensible woke person would do. I went on a conspiracy theory bender and just watched all the videos, read all the theories. And I've been, I've been reading conspiracy theories and like 
yeah, the 9-11 truther movement since like high school. You know, I'm not unfamiliar with it, but it's at a whole new level right now. And I did that. And I just want to say first off that that is not a good idea. You know, it, I had to clear a lot of fear from my body and actually went into a water fast after that to completely reset because I was I was fucked. Like I wasn't effective with clients. I just went into like kind of a downward spiral, which for me, you know, wasn't that bad. It's just like me not being as like lit as I normally would be doing all the, as you know, breath work, meditation, movement, dance, like all the different modalities that I go to. But yeah, I don't think that's a good idea for people out there. And so anyone that's, that's really considering reading all that stuff and going into it, it's like, yeah, I mean, dip your toes, stay aware. Like some of it's like entertainment, but like, let's just admit one thing here. Nobody knows what the fuck's going on. And anyone who tells you that they know exactly what agenda and what faction and what like theory is right, you can be sure that they're not right. Because, and the way I know that is because the data streams are corrupted. If we had direct data and direct experience, we could come up with a good hypothesis, but we don't have that. We have highly biased, highly corrupted data streams. And moreover, Let's just debunk the 5G conspiracy right now. Um, now, that being said, I think 5G, we should question, what is this technology? Is it healthy? I don't know. I'm leaning towards probably not as healthy as they think it is. But the idea that there's no virus and it's just 5G, I know David Icke did an interview with a London Reel that just got banned from YouTube, that there's a lot of hype around because uh, if YouTube's banning something, what's happening? I think BBC was behind that. but. Uh, yeah, if 5G was responsible for it, let's just take a simple logical experiment here. 5G is only deployed in six countries at high levels, but Corona is in like 110 countries. And it like all those, sense. it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense. So, you know where it makes sense. And I think this is very important to, to acknowledge is that there is a fear about these unknown factors. And so we have an unknown factor with the virus, whether it actually happened at a fish market or it came from a, uh, a P4 lab, no matter who owns it, or if it's 5G, because we don't actually know what these technologies do on a large scale. And we do know that some of those uh, frequencies are highly toxic to at least animals. We, we've seen like videos of, you know, bats and birds kind of falling to the ground if they're close to it. But beyond that, I think the correlation between those two is let's totally debunk that. And let's make, let's make a stance for that. I, I'm totally with you is like, Let's admit that we don't know. And I think this is the scariest thing. This is why everybody is glued to their phones is because if you don't know, you want to make sure you're not missing out on when the knowledge drops, right? Yeah, and, and you know, what, what drives conspiracy theory is the desire to be the elect. Oh, I'm in the know, you know, I've been red-pilled. And I, and I used to be this person, so I totally get it. Um, you know, there's a gentle way to teach or to, to reveal knowledge. There's like the Obi-Wan Kenobi way and there's the Morpheus way and they're very different. And I, I fall more towards the Obi-Wan Jedi way where it's like, let people discover things on their own and, and really reveal what they're going to reveal. Now, that being said, I think the economic political factors and some of the, the more grounded theories, like, you know, is it the lizard people? Maybe, I don't know. Like, you know, the, the whole like, the far, far fringe theories, you, some of it you got to laugh at because it's pretty wild. Um, now, some of the more grounded theories, there's no doubt in my mind that there's agendas running right now and foul play and, and weird shit going on, mainly economically, like the, the Federal Reserve and the stimulus packages. You know, 
we're bleeding a trillion dollars a day into black budget projects right now. You can look that up. Like this, this, this stuff isn't up for debate. Like it's happening. The two trillion that's going to the American people is nothing compared to the trillions that are just pouring out right now from the Federal Reserve. They're just inventing money, which is going to hyperinflate our currency. And I think the economic reckoning is coming. And I'm also optimistic about things like Bitcoin. The, synchronistically, and this is really interesting, the Bitcoin protocol, the blockchain technology, the algorithm is about to go through its next halving since 2016. It hasn't done a halving next month in May, which is you know, going to skyrocket the price most likely. And you know, I think that's really interesting thing in the mix, which I'm really optimistic pro crypto and blockchain and transparency and open source decentralization. So I think the economic and political implications of a mass global quarantine, like this has never happened before. What's, what, is, what is going on? Like while we're all on our phones, like, have you seen this toilet paper meme? Meanwhile, the powers are like, oops, like, you know, what, what's happening? That's, I think that's more interesting than conspiracy. Let's, 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 drop in, let's drop into that, what is happening and what is emerging, and especially like on the optimistic side, you know, like this is something, it's a theme on Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, like optimism is not, doesn't need to come from naivety. Optimism actually is a choice after you informed yourself and you acknowledged the things that are fucked up and the things that are still not, not, not right on. You can still return to optimism as you're working on what's within integrity, right? With what's connected with Earth, with your internal calling and your internal kind of yeah space space for listening and space for wisdom and so in another way of putting it i think these times are massive times for human awakening they're massive times for people to slow it down and realize like we were told most people can't work for, from home and we were told most people have to work five days a week and now we suddenly realize that's possibly not entirely true and there's a lot of people who you know might lose their job and there's a lot of people already lost their job and so that shift, which definitely also induces more fear, I think really gives a large playing field for digital currencies, for uh, decentralized solutions, for time exchange, for, for communities, for all kinds of different plays. And so in that sense, I think you and I and people like us, our friends and our communities and the people listening to our episodes, I think we're all in some way or other, the ones who are called forward right now and say, you know what? F this, I'm going to inform myself the best way I can. And so the question for you is like, what do you think the world needs most right now? Like what's, what's really coming up for you that, you know, you want to give you energy to and, and you're glad that a lot of people are spending their time creating. I love it. I love, I love the question and where your mind goes with this. I mean, Really the big picture and the thing it really goes into is like, I was asking myself and the, my close family here in Bali, you know, why, why did I become a coach or an entrepreneur anyway? Why did I start the podcast? Why do I, you know, why am I pro wealth and like, you know, abundance? It's like, well, it's cause I want to buy land and I want to have a land-based community and I want to eat organic food and live with amazing people and like create a spiritual civilization. So that's what at the base is happening. And, and why that is, if you go all the way to the root, is like, let's just call a spade a spade. Even the word itself, government, governmente, to govern or control the mind. Not saying that government is inherently evil. I think government is necessary. Like we would never have gotten this far without governance. Mm -hmm. However, in its current form as it's practiced, like, 
people who weren't awake are now becoming awake. People who are just waking up are now raging because what this situation is showing us is can we trust the government, aka mommy and daddy, it's like a projection thing too, to provide food, shelter, clean air, clean water, and direction? The answer is probably not because this, is, this global situation is really questioning everything. It's a stress test. So what's the other option? Plant a garden. Do you know your neighbors? What skills do you have? What gifts do you have? Whether they're artistic or, or very like visionary like us, like, you know, we, one of our skills is speech. Like we're both like, we're both linguistic visionaries, I would say. And that's a great gift. And sense makers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we need people who can dig irrigation and plant fruit trees. And we need people who understand how to build shelters. And I think that's what a lot of people, you're going to see a huge rise. It's already happening. You're going to see a huge rise right now in land-based communities and permaculture design and global entrepreneurs and philanthropeneurs that want to start building the new earth way sooner. It's not just like, oh yeah, you know, when we get an investor, when it happens, it's like, nope, time to go because 2020 is not going to wait. Time to go. 2020 is happening right now. And if you, you know, if you stand in line in the supermarket, uh, six feet apart from other people, which is happening all around the world. Like literally, if I call my parents in Germany or my friends in my chosen home on Vancouver Island, or if I just go, go out here in San Francisco where, where I'm spending this time, right? It's happening everywhere. And that question of like, where's my food actually from? And like, could it run out? And like, wait a second, how often do they restock? And like, what if this guy in front of me buys all of it? Like all of these questions, they didn't even cross our like, you know, sophisticated and spoiled Western minds before because we never had to think of this. This was just not the way we look at it. And so on the flip side though, what I, what I think is fascinating right now, what becomes really apparent is that we were only able to create this kind of food distribution and delivery system in the first place on the back of the other half of the planet who's not part of this big distribution system. And I think now that we're seeing how, how fast shit can hit the fan, um, you know, some of the things that we formerly kind of deliberately looked away are very much front and center in our awareness. And it's like, yeah, no, we live in a pretty fucked up world still at large. Like there's definitely no control and cities are a great opportunity, but they're also a great threat. And so I think a lot of people, me included right now, have this awareness that the only better place to be right now would be a farm-based community where, you know, there is like earth, soil, dirt, we're growing food. I have enough space to be in my private home, but I also have neighbors that I either know really well or that I dig or that I simply trust for who they are. Totally. And, you know, it'd be nice to have a fast internet connection so I could continue to create dope art and share and, and work and run a business that's not 5G in nature. And, you know, the whole idea that we're all one family, right? We're all one. It's just like a cliche. But it's, it's actually, there's, we have a use case and a test case right now because the whole planet is facing the same threat. And as you said, people all over the world are feeling their life actually change. Where like before, it's like, oh, you're going to have to change. It's like, are we? It's like, ah, we're just going to have infinite growth capitalism. It's like, no, like capitalism is actually slowing down. Unemployment's the highest it's been since like the 80s or something in the US. I mean, it's, 
it's pretty wild that, uh, you know, what do people pay attention to? Well, they pay attention to food on their table and a paycheck. That really, that will pop you into awareness really fast. And that's the, I think the blessing here in this sacred pause and this creative isolation retreat. Well, guess what? Yeah, where is your food coming from? Was the job you working actually fulfilling you at all? Or now are you sitting at home and feeling all those feelings and a lot's coming up for you? And maybe you should have been living out your mission that your heart was screaming at you for. And so I have a lot of sympathy and I don't want people to suffer. And I inherently know the meaningful and power that comes from suffering or really from pain. Suffering is the choice, but the pain right now people are experiencing, like we, we get to grow from this. And like, I'm not, I'm not gonna give in to the sad, like, oh, we should be ashamed and we should feel guilty and let's have a pity party because we're all so, you know, we're so trapped by Corona. It's like, no, I, I don't give that even 1% of my energy, especially online. 100%, I think, you know, this, this time is, we said it earlier, like an awakener, but that's also at the same time be really clear, like the, even though there is not enough testing being done, and so the numbers are kind of inherently a little, a little screwed, the death toll at large that we can see at the moment, this is happening every day to people starving, to people having literally diarrhea and like no, like no, how you call it, like sanitary environment, right? Like people suffering malnutrition, etc. So these are things that are happening on the planet on a daily basis. And we kind of deliberately looked away so far. So or even when we look there and people are like part of, of, of you know, missionary kind of projects. And, you know, I, I've been around the world and, you know, supported and, and volunteered. And it's a fucking drop of water on a hot stone. And it, it doesn't change the, the, the inherent bias and power struggle that we're still going through. And so, you know, you said yeah. government, like mind control in that sense. And another way of interpreting this, in a good way of interpreting this, it's, it's sense-making of the mind, right? It's sense-making and controlling of all the opportunities of the mind so that as a collective, we, we're, we're sense-making with each other and we're allowing boundaries and space to be there as much as, you know, rules and, and freedom. And so I think that's really the call for so many of us right now is to step into that sovereignty. And as you said, like if you had a job that didn't fulfill you and you're just now really looking at it, quit that job. Like dare, dare to dream and dare to step into your dream and dare to live that dream because that's why we're alive in the first place. 100%. Yeah, I, I, I love Carl Jung. I'm a Jungian through and through. And when, when students would come into his office when he was practicing um, psychoanalysis, you know, and they'd come to him like, I just got broken up with, or I just got fired, you know, or I just like, you know, my, my father died, you know. He was a very sympathetic man, but he would pour champagne and, or pour wine and be like, let's celebrate. Because now you actually have a chance to make a change because you wouldn't have done it before. And let's celebrate this break with your old reality. And that's, that's how I feel. And that's how I feel with clients. And that's how I feel with people I'm talking to who are really going through it right now. And they're like, fuck, I had a brick and mortar or I was working this job. And now what do I do? Like, I don't know how to use social media. How do I do a business online or, you know, and that's just the economic aspect. Like not to mention yeah. like people who've been holding back their voice or who have been holding back their truth. It's like the whole world's going crazy 
why don't you throw your hat in the mix and like just let it rip like you got nothing to lose right now and we need everybody we need all hands on deck you know you know there, all hands there's, on funny, there's a funny point there and and then i want to ask you a question on how to embrace that kind of change but the funny point is that even though people lose their jobs or there's currently like brick and mortar stores are just closed life continues to happen anyway and so that's a weird kind of paradox because what we realize is like well we enjoy the economy growing and we've, we've been brought up and educated with that, that that's the way it goes but really like life itself doesn't stop and so that in itself might be a wake-up call for some people to realize wait a second i kind of invested a lot of belief into that being my identity into I am the guy who opens that store every day. But really, like, even if the store is not there, you're still that guy. And so let me ask you, Kev, because I know that, you know, for you and I, this has become like a deliberate choice. As you said, lots of learning on the way, lots of growth to let go of old forms of identification. Same for me, you know. But what's turned into the choice for me personally is to embrace change and to understand that change is a good thing and that when i embrace it i'm gonna quotation mark this like on time like with when it's actually presenting itself to me then there is something like flow and growth when i resist it though and i'm like oh no i don't want to look at that for now and then it hits me six months later then usually it, it hurts so what's your like what's your you know share of wisdom there in terms of like how to adapt the lifestyle of being fearless with change because we know that's the path. Yeah, I mean, to quote another master, Campbell, if you're falling, dive. So simple and profound. Like a lot of us are, are in free fall right now with fear. And the way to confront fear is to confront it and just go straight for it. So swan dive. And as far as evolution is concerned, which I'm an evolutionary nerd and I love everything evolution and revolution, you got to go all in. So if you spot a trend and at this point, there's no way you don't spot the trend. I mean, there's no way that the world isn't affecting you right now. Um, then the way to do it is to humble yourself and you nailed it. It's all about identity. People who are suffering the most right now are identified with the way things were before Corona and they're just hoping things will go back to normal as soon as possible and they might be gripping. And that's the worst possible response because you're gonna, you're gonna provide the most resistance and therefore suffer the most. Those of us who see that the river's moving downstream, there's some rapids, there's some rocks, dive into the center of the river and swim. And so what does that look like practically? Embrace online, embrace being at home. So. For some of us that are extroverted, which I, I consider myself an ambivert, I can pretty much switch in between, although I'm very happy in, in quarantine and, and introversion. I can just do whatever I want. I can do a two hour morning routine. I can create content all day. I can be on phone calls and just like flow. Like I fucking love it. And people who got their identity from being like out and about, or like you said, opening the, the brick and mortar, well, one way to adapt is just to embrace being at home. And so embrace FaceTiming people, embrace, you know, consciously informing yourself by scrolling on social media, reading news, you know, reaching out. And then also like, if you have a product or a service or artwork or music or a book you wanted to write, 
guess what? You have no more excuses. Do it now. And one of the best ways to channel fear and panic and terror is creative energy and sexuality. I think those are the two best ways to channel it. Just make art, make love, channel the, channel the energy away from yourself because it'll implode on yourself. So that's how you have to like, you got to adapt okay. it. And if you're, if you're alone, masturbate and ideally try, try without porn for a change, right? There's, nice. there's something about like getting the energy going and not just from external stimuli. I mean, uh, you don't even have to go all the way to sexuality and porn. I think it's like people are waiting for the hit of endorphins or oxytocin from the external world instead of realizing like what's going on with me. I mean, this is why a morning practice. This is why all the people that made change in the world usually either woke up early or prayed or did yoga or you know, had like a regular psychedelic practice or whatever it is to deeper and deeper dive into this like energetic readiness instead of waiting for the external stimuli. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to, to understand more about what, what you're creating, what you're called to create in this time and, you know, what, what kind of purpose and gifts that, you know, you've already been sharing with the world, but that you feel are kind of amplified this time because maybe also, and, and this is really what I want to hear, like of what's happening in your space of listening, what's showing up in that space. Yeah, that's excellent. I mean, that's definitely my edge right now because before this, I was just like, all right, I'm launching a mastermind. I'm doing multiple retreats. I'm doing X, Y, Z. And that was good. And then this happened and I was like, okay, I'm still going to do a lot of that, but I'm going to have to pivot. And of course, all events have been postponed or canceled. So that's been bringing up a lot. It was bringing up a lot. I feel like I'm over the hump now. Um, but yeah, and the listening, and I recently just did a, a water fast, like 36 hours of just water and then juice for a couple of days after. And that brought up a lot and cleared a lot. And in that listening, it's like, yeah, I get to step into art more and comedy. Actually, just yesterday, I released my first like professional comedy video. And that's exciting to me is like letting more of my child play and my art, my performer, um, which I'm still coaching. And I still I'm, I'm really excited to like the mastermind. I'm, I'm doing a four month group online program. And you know, it was already going to be about kind of building your brand, going online, and now it's full pivot. It's like, great, let's just go all in on that because that's what everybody needs now anyway. So I'm excited about that side. But yeah, and the listening, I'm realizing, as I was speaking to before, like I want to get really serious about buying land or being part of a community that's stewarding land because that's just the timeline sped up. And I'm noticing where some of the things I was interested in as an entrepreneur aren't even relevant anymore. So it's a, it's a great time to just let a lot of shit go and just boom, it's gone. Like, no, nope, it doesn't matter anymore. Has no more say, like there's, there's no reason to hold on to a lot of these old mindsets or ideas around money, around content, around authority, like gone. That's a fascinating point at the moment because, you know, I think the one thing that, that I really wish for everyone listening and the whole planet basically is that we do not go back to normal. And so that these, these weights that you just described, that they can fall off us. They can fall off our planning, of our corporate planning, of our individual planning. And we're actually becoming present with, with this new scenario. And, you know, I'm, I'm not suffering from illusion. So I, I, I kind of foresee that some people might go back to something that they call normal. 
But I think a lot of people are going to take that, that jump. And so in my listening, that's part of what's showing up as well is like, how are we continuing to actually showcase and create these pathways of planetary leadership and planetary awareness? Because we're seeing it, you know, I mean, my show is called Green Planet, Blue Planet, because the green planet for me is a planet where we plant one trillion trees to kind of create an equilibrium with the carbon cycle of nature, right? Which is a project that is underway. And the blue planet, I think, is even more obvious. It's just clean air and water. And so we're seeing after like three weeks of some of the industrialized um, efforts shutting down or pausing, that nature is pretty quick back on its foot. Like it's, it's really just us stifling and creating pollution. Like it's just literally, I don't think it was that plainly obvious before. Yeah, I love that. There's like species that were thought extinct in India, just like walking around the streets and like, you know, dolphins swimming in the Venice canals. I, I, I love that. And, and nature is so resilient. Like nature, Gaia doesn't actually, I mean, she cares deeply. I believe she's a being. But also there's a part of her that's like the mama bear that, you know, she doesn't give a fuck if we, if we are just trashing the place. As soon as we take a pause, she's ready to slip right back in and just explode with biodiversity. And I love that. I love that, you know, we're seeing how quickly the earth can bounce back, which gives us a lot of hope because the whole climate crisis and, and that, you know, catastrophe that a lot of people have been predicting and anticipating. I, I think that we, we are way better off than we think. And it's just going to take, like you said, some of these shifts, planting the trees, switching our energy source, really getting... Well, it's all about biomimicry, as you know, and the great Buckminster Fuller. Like, if we want to create synergistic systems of living, follow nature. Like, let's build with her spiral and her circle, and let's build using materials and energetics that actually co-create and are symbiotic with the earth. And I think oh, this is the, the crazy part. We have all the technology. We know how to 3D print vertical farms, and we know how to, like, do solar, wind, and geothermal at huger levels. And... You know, maybe there's even free energy technology that Tesla invented 150 years ago, you know, so that I'm so hopeful um, for that birthing. But what has to happen first is a lot of death. And that means death of a lot of systems and hegemonies that are, are death cultures. There's death culture on the planet. And so let's let the death culture die. This is one of actually my like secretly favorite topics that, you know, I don't, I don't speak about too, too often, but I think death and our relationship to death is one of the most fucked up origin points of the pain that we're experiencing as a modern society, because we don't really have a relationship to death. Death is like this thing we fear, like even the transhumanist movement of like, let's make ourselves immortal by turning into semi-cyborgs. I think that's, it's such an illusion. I mean, yeah, theoretically, we could possibly pursue that pathway, but, but really, like, death is a certainty and part of life. You know, like, old Vedic teachings go, go on and on about this. And, and I think in one way, if you believe in reincarnations or if you don't believe them in, in them, I mean, they, they might happen anyway. Part of that reincarnation cycle is to learn to die and is to learn to form relationships, to form emotional attachment and then let go of that emotional attachment and let it recycle into something new, right? And so very, very true that this culture we've created is a weird death culture. Meanwhile, we don't have a relationship to death. It's like we're taken out like vein, like, you know, blood veins of Mama Earth, of, of Gaia in that sense, like 
all, talking about oil out of the earth, creating it, burning it, and, and we're surprised by the consequences. And I think at this point, so many people, so many people, like talking about hundreds of millions of people, I think, see that, know that, almost demand a change, right? But what we're not good at, and, and this is kind of coming back to what you just said and relating to death and the, the initiations around death, we're just not good at letting go. Like part of the current mindset and way of governing mente, governing the mind is, is to consistently control. And in my words, I think that's a complete illusion. Like, what's your take on, on, on that death culture? Like share a little bit more because you, I think you were really like aiming at like the current corporate and, and kind of, you know, like energy culture as well. Yeah, it's definitely tied into energy. It's all an energy game. Straight up, it's all an energy game. Money's energy too. But even beyond that, and I think far more dangerous actually, because the physical infrastructure gets to change for sure. And that's gonna have massive benefit for humanity. But it's, it's, the, it's the mythological and ideological structure that's actually based on death, which is really freaky. And it's subtle forms of death. It's the death of the ego, the death of empowerment, the death of the spirit through shame, blame, and guilt. And this, this blew my mind, a sister we both know, Anna Naturalista, I had her on the show the other day on my podcast and blowing my mind, the Christian mythos, which has defined most of Western philosophy, religion, economy, thinking, it's defined marriage, it's defined business. It's like the Puritan, Catholic, Protestant roots of Christianity go far deeper than someone sitting in church. And really, it, goes, it comes down to this. The core story is about shaming and executing a man and blaming and disgracing women. And that's Christ and his followers. And it's fucking insanity. It's, that's a seed for death culture. And then you look at other things like so many mythological and world religions. I was reading something. It was from uh, someone from the Lakota. It was, a, it was an elder. And they were saying, you know, any of these old gods that you read about that are angry and wrathful and demand human sacrifice and war, those are actually demons. None of those are gods because great spirit and grandfather or grandmother, the life force, whatever you want to call it, is highly benevolent and still allows for death and destruction because it's, it's a part of evolution. But, you know, there, there's, there's a living, live spirit. It's a life culture. But you look at all these texts and it's death culture. Like the Bible's full of death culture. And I think it's kind of scary to confront it because it's, it's so built into the underpinnings of what we've been raised in. But as a mythologist and a storyteller, I'm hyper aware of death mythology. And it's the bad kind of death, right? It's like worship of death, creation of death and suffering, creation from death. But, the, but it's, like a, it's like a weird anti-life equation. Whereas life culture fully honors death, as you're describing, like have a good relationship to death, understand that one day you will die and actually let that be a way to live a good life. But our primary thing while we're alive should be to create and nurture more life. We're living on a garden planet with these beautiful beings we call humanity. And so that's the, I wanna see that become the guiding force. And now for the first time maybe since World War II, we have a huge opportunity to do that because it's becoming so apparent right now. 
Yeah, beautiful. I think this is, again, like the biggest chance right now is to unite over this enemy, this fear, this fear of death also in, in this, this corona situation into the one heart of humanity, right? This, this interconnection that we all have. And even if you're in Bali right now, like, like you are, you can still feel the rest of the field. You can still drop into how things are slowing down, how, you know, we're all challenged to face our lower vibing parts of ourselves and actually integrate this either into even more fear or integrate it higher and spiral upwards towards challenging ourselves and, and really learning and really going deep with, with these times. And, you know, this is just to reflect here for a second. I think this is part of why I ended up being in San Francisco because I have quite deliberately for the last decade kind of, you know, I wouldn't say like stayed away from bigger cities, but not spend too, too much time in them and being in a big city right now. I mean, I can just feel like it's very different than being in a, like on an Island, in a, like a little garden Island. Right. And so that's a great test for myself as well. Like as, as I saw you post quite a few times, like these are the times that all of our spiritual practice is actually coming to carry because, you know, we can talk about it and tweet about it all day long, but it really comes back down to like, how does it integrate into your life? Like, how are you living this? And how are you living this in the relationships with the people you are? Or like for a lot of people listening to this right now, alone with yourself in that primary relationship with you. So true. I mean, if you didn't have a practice, now you get to have a practice. If you already had a practice, it's time to keep practicing. And it's like, it's so simple. But it's not easy to wake up every morning and face what we're facing. And like you said, source the energy from within instead of relying on it, like coming to you or being manufactured externally. And, you know, a lot of people are really getting face to face with their own shadow and addictions and, you know, their, how their dopamine circuits are wired and, and what's really happening there. And, you know, I'm as guilty as anyone of, yeah, of scrolling too much in the past. And so put down the phone, this go is, outside. Goes from like, me as well, man. I mean, no one's perfect, you know? Like, we're in this together. We're all one. I mean, we're all one for the most beautiful creation of our species and the most horrid creation of our species. I think this is why I said earlier that death is, like, secretly one of my favorite topics because I, I feel there's such a, like, wealth of wisdom in there because us as humans we have powerful abilities to create worlds but we also have powerful abilities to destroy anything and so even though that's somewhat really obvious the relationship to this you know destroyer and creator at a large i don't think we've we've reconciled it i don't think we've integrated it i don't think we've had this like public announcement hello world we're humans and we're just evolving and we can fuck shit up real bad. And also we have the potential to create a much more beautiful world every day, every step, every interaction, every relationship. But this owning this negative and dark part, you know, some cultures have had to face this because of, you know, recent histories. And in, in other cultures, it's, it's still integrating. Like if you think of North America and slavery or North America and indigenous people, like those are still topics that are, really pain loaded because the reconciliation has like barely happened right even even though it's so plainly obvious and and i think there's a lot of a lot of us 
can can do this on the private cosmos and the individual cosmos and like realize yeah like I, there's days i scroll too much there there's days you know when watching netflix or binge watching a show is maybe even like relief you know there's days when smoking yeah. a joint is a good thing to do but when you do this every day or if this is your practice if your practice is netflix and weed I mean, I've been to those days. Those days can be a great counterbalance to days of just wanting to create and connecting with the whole world. But if, when those days take over or it's like a second day in a row, that feels, that feels bad. That feels like I'm actually like harming my own creative ability. Yeah, and, and it's all about moderation. Like there's no shame in going on a Netflix binge and you know, using, using medicine or, or something in a, in a healthy way. I think right now more than ever, like a lot of people get to do that and, and probably just chill the fuck out. Like, especially hustler type A's. Yeah, it's time to chill the fuck out and let everything land and maybe just play and and have fun and, and, and use it as a healthy distraction. There's a certain amount of distraction that is healthy right now. But when you feel complete and you feel rested, get right back on point. And that's the key is just always coming back, you know? miss a day of practice, just come back, start, start right where you left off, come back, come back. And, and you're always going to be able to come back. And that's, so that's the beauty of, you know, doing yoga, meditating, breath work, exercising, just, just come back the next day and, and you immediately regain the energy. You know, that's the, that's, that's the beautiful thing about it. You know, there's no, there's really no way to screw this up as a human being because you can always come back to what is most important. If you're wondering if you're on your path, that's that's what what Kev is saying. Like you're on your path already. Stop wondering, right? Like there is there's no way to fuck this up. I like that you're saying this, man. Thank you so much for for this 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 talk about the current times about coronavirus. You know, hopping on and and sharing some of our perspectives and insights. I do want to ask you about your dream for the earth, and we can you know you know you know me. I usually want want like the context of the seven generations into the future, honoring our past, going into you know, what kind of ancestors will we be to future generations? But also, especially in this current paradigm that we're kind of leaping out of, like, what's your dream for this earth? What do you, what do you hope for, pray for, work for every day, practice for every day that, that you desire to see? Yeah, I, I love it. This is the ultimate question. I mean, I desire this century. I think it can happen this century. It won't be complete, but it will be regenerative at a level that is beyond our wildest dreams. This century, the 21st century, I desire to see, and I, I just hold the vision and everything in my life is for becoming a good ancestor of an earth that is back to a golden age. And I've said it a million times, let's recreate a spiritual civilization that is harmonized with technology and consciousness. It's happened on the planet before, whether you believe in Atlantis, Lemuria, Mu, or you just study classical Mayan, Han Dynasty, China, Egypt. You study Rome, when it, the good parts of Rome. You study Greece, Persia. All these empires reached a state of enlightenment on some level and then let that become part of the infrastructure. So we have sacred economics. We have sacred land resources. We have sacred technology. We have sacred Jedi training. So we're training children to understand their psychic abilities, to live in harmony with the planet and to be fully creative 
without any form of mental, physical, emotional, or spiritual slavery. And so an enlightened civilization would live in harmony with the earth, not taking too much, giving back more. And maybe, just maybe, if we had that civilization, we could leave the planet and continue exploring and possibly connecting with our neighbors in the stars, which I'm sure there are many, and create a peaceful jewel of a world that then makes sense to extend into the solar system and beyond. Beautiful brother, Aho. This is, this is why we're here. This is, I think, maybe, you know, things are always deliciously as they should be from a certain perspective. And this is maybe exactly why this time is happening. So more of us can awaken to it. I do have one more question because you just mentioned our cosmic neighbors. You know, now that we see how people react to the coronavirus, isn't it like no question that there is no disclosure about any form of extraterrestrial life at this point? Because we would just freak the fuck out. People are buying toilet paper. Like, like what's that even about? Are people like afraid of shitting themselves? Like, the, like you know, like a six-year-old who is in class and can't hold it. Like, it's so hilarious to see. Like, how do you think people would react if there's like, oh, by the way, we already have official contact with an alien species, or actually multiple. I think we'd see way worse. What, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, you, you nailed it. Like, if this was a test for how humanity handles a crisis, we fucking failed miserably. And, you know, I, I do firmly believe, and if you go on the rabbit hole, there's a lot of evidence that not only do we have neighbors out there, but we've been talking to them. Parts of humanity have been talking to them for a long time. And so... Yeah, I, I think uh, official disclosure will not happen anytime soon. I really hope it happens in our lifetime. I think it's, it's very probable. Um, I don't think it's happening anytime soon because of what you just described. Like even the, even the dark side, whatever you want to call it, is highly aware that it's much, it's much too dangerous to release that information because in one day, if, if, if the news switched from corona to like, you know, a saucer landed on the White House lawn, and that was on every channel, on every social media, on every news story, we would see fucking batshit crazy reactions. People looting, people going crazy, like religious people, like fundamentalist, religious, dogmatic people would be maybe the most dangerous because that would instantly wipe out a lot of their life view. And economically, it would, it would completely destroy the, the whole illusion we're under that we need to burn fossil fuels when there's a fusion reactor on a flying saucer in front of us. <laughs> That's always the number one thing that, you know, apart from wanting to meet maybe those epic neighbors and, and see what kind of beings they are, like, however they got here, it will pop the illusion of being so dependent on this current system. Very, very true. Well, there's a lot of stuff we can, we, can, we can meet again for another episode. For now, thank you so much, Kev. And I'm stoked to, you know, continue those dialogues about topics that are up in the world, things that we feel called to share and, and, you know, spread into the world. Yeah, brother. Appreciate you, Julian. I'm stoked to have you back on the revolution as well. It's always a pleasure.
that's that. Another episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I hope you truly enjoyed this one and received some insights, knowledge, and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life, into your relationships, or maybe even into your business and the way you show up for the world. Because this is a movement and we're all part of it and we're in this together. We're here to create a world of a triple bottom line where you win, I win, and the entire planet wins. We're raising consciousness together and you know that. That's why you're listening. That's why I love you. So make sure to share the love. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Invite a friend to listen to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And if you have an idea who else you'd like me to interview, make sure you reach out and send me a suggestion. Definitely check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com, the website to the podcast. I've created a lot of different offers for you, free content, free meditations for you to amplify your connection to self, the state of social impact in the world, and for you to connect and listen to who you could support of the people that I actually interview because their missions are ongoing and a lot of them need more collaboration. And after more than 100 episodes now, with some of the world's leading social impact experts, I have synthesized my most inspired learnings and takeaways to create coaching and mentorship programs for you and the people around you. Let me share with you about planetary purpose coaching and mentorship experiences. If you're in a space in your life where you're ready to level up to amplify who you are, what's coming through you and what you're doing to give your gift to the world, then I would love to hear from you and I'd love for you to apply to one of my private mentorships or group mentorships. Last but not least, there's a few different group experiences I host both in person and online. All of them are quantum learning environments and I'm happy to tell you more. So simply inform yourself and stay connected because whatever resonates with you, I'm here to support you and bring out more purpose into the world. And with that being said, wherever you are in the world, make sure to be you, show up all the way, be all in, connect with someone today, make them smile, Have yourself a stellar day. Lots of love to you and until soon.